So, first of all, I, I, this, this sermon's kind of, it's kind of a strange time, obviously. I'm pretty sure uh, my dad, Brandon, we all mentioned it. It's a strange time to be in America. It's a strange time to be a pastor. And so today, we are actually going to talk about something pretty personal to us all, which um, my opening question for y- you all is pretty simple. It's, are you all doing okay? And what I mean by that is not just like, are you healthy? Um, but more, are you healthy spiritually? Would you actually say that in your life you're, you know, excited about the word, growing every day, conquering new sins, that maybe you, uh, you're making progress in your walk with the Lord? Or would you honestly say that maybe it's been a little bit of a struggle? Would you say that maybe mentally you're not very like responding very well? Maybe maybe um, maybe our emotions aren't totally together, right? And so today we're going to look at a passage that specifically targets us type of people who are struggling a little bit emotionally, a little bit. Um, maybe we have some anger. Maybe we have some anxieties. Maybe we have some depression that maybe we could work on, right? Um, and that's basically what we're going to talk about today. So if you could, open your Bibles up to Philippians chapter 4 is where we're going to be today. So if you have never read the book of Philippians, uh, I, I'm probably my, my youth group would probably make fun of me for this, but every passage I turn to, I say, Philippians is my favorite book of the Bible. We're reading Philippians today, and I change my mind every time I do a new sermon. Um, But the cool thing about Philippians is, I know some of you guys have been reading uh, Revelation, I hear. A lot of you guys have been very excited about, like, the end times, what's going on. Um, But in my opinion, I was shocked when I was studying for this about how pertinent, how um, how appropriate Philippians is for the current year of 2020. Um, so uh, we're jumping into Philippians 4. So I have to kind of explain what the whole book is about before we just try to figure out what the verse means out of context. So if you will, um, Philippians was uh, a book written by Paul the Apostle, and it was a letter written to the church of Philippi. And a couple important things to note are in the first verse of the book, Paul calls himself a servant of Christ. And so he doesn't do that in every book. And it kind of paints the theme of the book, which is how to be a servant of Christ, which kind of, it kind of boggles my mind because um, I don't know if you've ever had someone work for you or if you've hired someone, but the idea, uh, my analogy is that say you go to high school and you have a 1.0 GPA not great, but say you apply to Harvard, you get accepted. And not only that, but they say there's nothing you can do that will get you kicked out of Harvard. That's kind of like what we got going with being a servant of Christ, right? Uh, Some of us, in fact, all of us have been slacking a little bit from time to time at being a good servant of Christ. And so the whole book is painting us a picture, how to be a servant of Christ. And part of that is being healthy spiritually, processing 
trials, processing emotions, processing life well, right? And another interesting thing, which is, it was so interesting when I was, when I was thinking about this. So um, historians believe that uh, the book of Philippians was written by Paul in Rome when he was under house arrest. Very interesting, because some of you may feel like you were recently under house arrest for three months due to COVID, and possibly again, who knows? So, if we get another stay-at-home order, maybe read some Philippians when you're at home by yourself. But, um, so, uh, so an interesting thing to note about this book is if you know the life of Paul, Paul was a um, basically the best church planner the world has ever seen. Servant of Christ, he went throughout the land um, planting churches. And uh, this book he wrote, Philippians, he was under house arrest, okay? Um, which is kind of interesting because house arrest isn't terrible, right? House arrest, it, was, it, it probably wasn't fun for him. He was mad that... I'm sure you couldn't see the people of Philippi, but at the same time, you could compare this. If you've ever read the book of 2 Timothy, if you've ever read the book of 2 Timothy, give it a look. It is one of the saddest books you'll ever read because in chapter four in the Bible of 2 Timothy chapter four, Paul actually asked Timothy, he says, bring me a blanket because I'm cold in this dungeon right? So that's like mad depressing. It's like uh, you feel so bad for Paul. And Philippians, it's just more of this like kind of middle ground, kind of like where we are, right? Life isn't horrible for us. It's just maybe a little uncomfortable, not super fun. Uh, And this is why I think Philippians really is so important. And if we look at Philippians 4, it's all about how to be healthy spiritually. And so I'm not going to go through the whole chapter, but there's some things in Philippians 4 that are so, so important for us right now. Uh, So uh, my youth group knows this, actually. I don't really share a lot of opinions about current events, and I won't today. Don't stress. But um, I think it's fair to say that 2020 has been a year of extreme tension. Do you guys feel this? Like, even me as a 23-year-old, I'm noticing a shift in that people get very angry when you have a different opinion than them. Crazy, right? Um, uh, So, like, for example, if I were to, I I feel myself, anytime the election is brought up, or anytime, even, like, COVID, like, what should our restrictions be? I get stressed. I'm like, okay, let's figure this person out. Am I going to make them mad by anything I say? I'm like kind of walking on eggshells, you know? Um, so Philippians 4, the first thing it mentions is these two women fighting, and it doesn't say what. It just says they have a disagreement. Maybe they have a difference of opinion. And Paul says, you should stop fighting. You should be one in Christ. So already Philippians 1, or Philippians 4, super, super helpful to us. And uh, I guess one opinion I will throw out there. It's not crazy, but 
Um, sometimes we like to look at our government or look at the leaders of our country and think, why is it getting so crazy? And my challenge is, especially in the country we live in. So uh, we live in a, it's technically a democratic republic, right? What this means is that we elect the people who make the calls. So unfortunately, something a little bit hard for us to swallow sometimes is maybe if the government is bad, it's because we aren't the greatest, right? And what I really think is sometimes we pray for like, you know, wise elected officials, and obviously I'm totally with that. But what I think our country needs is Philippians 4. Read through it and think about like, okay, if people stop fighting over differences of opinion, and let's go through some more things. So uh, the verses I'm going over today, uh, a central topic is anxiety. And this isn't talking about uh, justified anxiety. So for example, if you have a kid who's two running around near a cliff, that's justified anxiety. You should be anxious. You should grab that kid. But we're talking about anxiousness to where you're not trusting in the Lord for what's ahead. You're not, uh, you're nervous when you shouldn't be because God's got it in control, right? So important for what we're going through right now. And then if you go later in the verses, which I won't talk about today, but a lot of us have been guilty not to call anyone out, but it talks about how we are supposed to dwell upon and we're supposed to think about things that are actually useful and important and godly. And so uh, the question is, have any of you all caught yourself maybe dwelling upon things that aren't helpful? Maybe you guys are um, thinking about, maybe you've thought about the election for a little too long. Maybe you're too stressed about the world events when you should be working on being healthy in your own heart, right? And so uh, when I read Philippians 4, I felt called out, and you should too, obviously. Um, and so we're just going to go through Philippians uh, 4 through 7 today. So actually, if you could please stand in honor of God's word, we're going to uh, read through these verses. All right, Philippians 4, we're going to start in verse 4. It says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Let's pray that God would help us understand these verses. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. I thank you for giving us these awesome verses to provide so much clarity for us about how we're to think, how we're to process our emotions, and how we're to respond in such a, such a polarizing day and age, Lord. Lord, please help us understand. Please help us uh, dwell upon these verses and really change our life, change our mind, and be more like you. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so... As we start interpreting these verses, I just want us to keep in mind Paul, okay? Paul is under house arrest. He is not in the scary dungeon he was in 2 Timothy. It's, it's not a, even though, through the whole book, 
he gives off the kind of, he implies that he's pretty sure he's going to get out soon, right? And so uh, something to be reminded of is that these verses are for people who are struggling, but not in dire circumstances. So uh, what this means is since we know the context of Paul, we know that if someone is going through a huge trial in their life, you probably don't want to send them Philippians 4.4, 4, like, rejoice in the Lord. Everything's cool, man, right? Maybe you want to pick another verse because um, the context is talking about kind of just like normal life, maybe not so fun, maybe not so enjoyable, um, but uh, it's, it's kind of, it's really for all of us who are just struggling just a little bit. So let's go through it verse by verse. So today we are given, this is kind of the structure of the verses, we're giving, given, and um, everyone who knows me knows I'm kind of weird. And so I interpret it as 3.5 commands we're given. So I had to be weird and say it's 3.5 commands. So we're given 3.5 commands. And then we're given a promise at the end of these commands. And so I'd encourage you to just kind of, uh, as I go through this, kind of reflect on your own brain, your own mind, your own struggles, and think like where, which command out of these three verses I re- could I really be working on and improving. So let's go through them. So the first command that Paul gives says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. So first thing we have to do is define what is joy. Um, And a lot of people think joy is happiness. It's kind of close to happiness, but the problem with happiness is you're happy on your birthday when it's not your birthday anymore. You're not happy anymore. Okay, so happiness is temporary. Joy you can have in every situation. And so uh, how I define joy is just being tent in every situation, right? And so I think this is the ultimate hack for, like, we always talk about, like, will 2021 be a good year? Or could it be worse? If you actually take Philippians 4.4 seriously, here's the hack, is that you can't have a bad year, right? Because it's not dictated by your situation. It's just saying that I am content, I am happy with where my life is right now because I know how good God is. And that's really the key to it. It says here, rejoice in the Lord. So something to remember, and this actually applies to the other 2.5 commands given here, is that when we are obeying the commands of God, it's because we are listening to truth and not lies. Do you guys understand this? So it doesn't mean be joyful because there's no reason. Lie to yourself and convince yourself that your life is great when it's not. It's saying that, guess why you rejoice? In the Lord. This is for believers, obviously. If you're a believer, even if your life is terrible, even if you're under house arrest for COVID reasons, right? Um, You can actually rejoice because the Lord is bigger than all that. Because the truth is that, our lives are amazing if we are Christians, not because of the situation, but because of the goodness of God, right? And so when you're commanded to rejoice, it's not out of lies, but it's out of truth. It's understanding what is the actual truth. And the truth is that God is amazing. Um, And then it says, again, I will say rejoice. So 
if you ever heard someone say, like, walk into a room and say, like, I'm mad. Let me repeat myself. I am mad, right? It's double emphasis. It means, in case you didn't get me before, rejoice, okay? In case you were snoozing in the service, rejoice, okay? Um, and this is, so it's pretty, uh, it's a pretty simple command, right? Rejoice in all situations, but it's, it's really something that if you look at your own life, it's kind of, it's a lot more difficult to implement into your own life than actually understand, right? We get it. We can be joyful in all situations because of the Lord. Yes. Okay. But can you actually implement that into your own life, right? Um, next verse, very interesting verse. It says this, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Okay. So I was a little confused by reasonableness. Look this up in the Greek dictionary. It actually means mild or calm or it didn't say this, but it just means like to chill out. Do any of you need to chill out sometimes? <laughs> right? That like So this is crazy because like in 2020, I just got told to chill out by Philippians. Um, but the thing is, like, have you guys caught yourself ever um, maybe taking arguments a little far? Maybe, um, maybe being a little strong if you disagree with someone? Like, and, like, the funny example is, like, when, when you're in elementary school and you, like, have a legitimate anger with your friend because, like, for example me and my best friend from elementary school, we had some issues because he was a Giants fan. I was a Dodgers fan. I talked a lot of trash, right? And so the crazy thing is we all think like, oh, that's so dumb. But 2020 has like been the year for disagreements, right? Everyone's so extreme. And like, not to bring up like sensitive topics, but like you can't even say like who you voted for without being slapped in the face by someone, right? Or if you say like, um, if you give your opinions on COVID regulations, there's going to be a side that gets you. It doesn't matter, right? And so um, the question for today is, are you being reasonable, right? So there's reasons to yell at people. Like, let's take, for example, if if your kid is near a cliff, maybe you can yell at them. That's okay, right? Say, hey, get away from the cliff, right? But do you think we take things a little far sometimes? Do you think we put our opinions out a little strongly, right? And so again, we talk about how uh, being joyfulness is out of truth, right? Here's another truth that is why we follow verse 5, is that unfortunately, whether or not we think so, we are not the Lord Jesus Christ Almighty, and our opinion could be wrong. Is that fair? Is that fair to say? Right? Maybe, maybe, um, and even if something is, even if something you feel like is really wrong, the question is, like, are you being reasonable when you give your opinion? Are you calling people out a little harshly? Maybe, uh, maybe you're, maybe a little bit angry. Maybe you're a little bit proud in your own opinion, and maybe you are a little harsh, when you talk to people who don't agree with you. And so um, that's another thing to consider, right? Am I being reasonable with other people if I disagree with someone? Am I reasonable? Am I mild? Am I calm? So 
Also, it says at the end of the verse, it says that the Lord is at hand, which is, it's very, it's kind of funny to say because it's like, oh, you think you're like, let's go back to my example. You think the Dodgers matter? Well, guess what? The Lord is about to come to earth, you know? And so it's just kind of putting things in perspective. Maybe my political argument isn't super important because the Lord is at hand, right? Maybe uh, the fact that I disagree with someone, maybe I can chill out a little bit, right? So, first thing, rejoice in the Lord always. Second thing, be reasonable, be mild, be calm. And uh, the, the, from verse 6, it says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. So, um, I have this as my 1.5 commands here, because Paul gives a negative. He says, don't be anxious but rather by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So the first question is, have you guys felt anxiety this year about anything? About, I don't know, the world, maybe about yourself, maybe about what people think of you, maybe about your future. And so the question for you guys is, have you made progress in your fight with anxiety? And a lot of people would say, like, I don't know how to conquer my anxiety. I don't know how to conquer my fear. Um, Have you tried doing what this verse says and consistently praying with thanksgiving to God? Do you guys get this? Like, uh, if if it's commanded here, it says, don't be anxious, but rather do this. We can't expect ourselves to conquer anxieties if we're not taking this verse seriously. Like if you, if you're feeling very anxious and you look at your life and you think like, okay, when's the last time I actually gave a prayer to God? Not just like a God help me prayer, but a thankful prayer, like a a prayer of thanksgiving. And this is actually the verse I would point to when, if you ask the question, how biblically do you fight anxiety? Biblically, you fight anxiety with prayer and specifically thankful prayer. And so if you want to make progress in that, then you just say, I need to actually be a consistent, thankful prayer. And um, another interesting thing, and we're going to look at this. So we got, our, we got our 3.5 commands, right? Be joyful, be reasonable, don't be anxious, but rather give thankful prayers to the Lord. So let's look at verse 7. This is the promise that God gives us. It says this, And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So sometimes we get it twisted a little bit, right? We look at these commands, which are all honestly fairly difficult, right? So we're supposed to be joyful. We're supposed to be reasonable with one another. And we're supposed to not be anxious. Um, so the question is, how do we fight these intense struggles that are deep within us. So uh, I don't know if you guys know, know this, but we're all sinners. And naturally, guess what we do? We're anxious. We are mean. We, we think our own opinion is just amazing. And we try to tell other people it and, and yell at them when they disagree with us. And naturally, we don't rejoice, but naturally we are depressed about our own situation. We're like, I wish things were better. And so what this shows us is, first of all, all fighting any of these sins, it comes from the Lord. It comes from the power of the Lord. In fact, isn't it interesting how 
the steps to fighting anxiety are simply just being thankful in prayer. Like, because God is saying, if you're to fight anxiety, you need me, right? God is saying, I am the way you fight your anxiety. I'm the way you fight your depression. I'm the way you fight your pride in your heart that makes you unreasonable with people. And so let's look down. It says this, and the peace of God. So when we define peace, it's talking, it's, it's basically the opposite of the world right now. It's that um, maybe it's not like, maybe the whole world's not warring with each other. But when it's talking about peace, it's talking about internal peace. It's talking about not struggling with being mean to people, not, not arguing with people. You're at peace, not being sad about your situation. You're being joyful, right? So peace is kind of all-encompassing, defeating all these sins we struggle with, right? It sounds so amazing to truly have the peace of God. Doesn't that sound amazing? Like, do you want that? Do you want to feel free from your anxieties and your depression and your anger towards one another? How amazing, how, how amazing would your 2021 be? And so think of that. But then it, it looks here, it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses understand, all your understanding. So you just imagined it. Just kidding. It's way better than what you imagined. Right? It's so cool. And then it says this, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what, so this is really laying out for us what the method of change in the Bible is, what the method of change for all the things that are wrong with us emotionally is that we pray to God. Not, we don't just pray for our wants. We don't just pray for what we need, but we give thankful prayers and we trust in God. And then God, through the power of God, we can change, right? It says, it says the peace of God will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So if you not only want to fight your anxiety, but you want to uh, fight through it long-term, that's through trusting in God. That's through the peace of God that comes from Him alone. It doesn't come from something you are. It doesn't come from how good you are at something. It comes from God alone. And so, this is why I think these four verses are so helpful, so so awesome for us in this time where everyone's struggling with this. I don't know if you, that that's honestly, everyone defines 2020 as like the COVID year or the crazy election year, right? But Honestly, 2020, in my opinion, is all about unhealthy emotions, right? It, it's just kind of what's happening. Everyone's getting um, upset about everything. Everyone's getting anxious about everything. Everyone always feels like, this is a terrible place we live. I wish it would get better. Um, and these four verses tell us how we should actually respond to those biblically, right? How we can actually be guarded by the peace of God by praying through thanksgiving. And so before I conclude, I just want you like to think about if you guys have been struggling with any sort of problem like this, any sort of anxieties, any sort of depression, any sort of um, pridefulness in your own, um, in your own heart, have you, have you consistently thought to fight this through thankful prayers? Maybe like every day you say, you start the day and you say, I'm going to pray and it's not just for my wants. I'm going to actually thank God for how good he's been. And so that's the model that this verse gives, how to change. And so that's just something we have to do. So as I conclude today, I just have a couple of concluding 
questions for you all. So first question, it's not really from the verse, but it's from the whole chapter. It's, why is it so awesome to be a servant of Christ? Like just broad view, think about that if you're a Christian, you're a servant of Christ. Why is that so awesome? Um, And then let's get down to the verses. So my second question for you guys is, what do you struggle with more? Joy in the Lord, being reasonable with others, or fighting anxiety? And I want you guys to think about it in your own minds and think like, what do I really need to work through out of these three things? And then the last question for you guys is, what are actionable steps you can take this week to do better in the struggle with yours? And little clue, the, the Bible suggests thankful prayer. Um, uh, but I really want, if, if you're struggling with anxiety, if you're struggling with depression, if you're struggling with um, being harsh with one another, I would, um, and I said in this question, actionable steps. So maybe after church, you should get out your Google calendar, put it in your calendar. I'm going to give a thankful prayer today. Maybe if you are a prideful arguer, maybe you should, <laughs> uh, there's a couple of things. Maybe you need to call someone and ask for forgiveness for being mean. Maybe you need to uh, start to develop habits that are like, I don't argue with people. I'm not a, a harsh person. Um, but with that being said, the whole point of fighting through our sins is not just to be free from them, but it's to grow closer to God, to seek God, and to, again, like this verse says, have the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. And so, hopefully this was encouraging to you guys. Hopefully this was helpful. I, uh, when I read it, I found it helpful. And so, uh, with that being said, I'm going to close us in a word of prayer. So, uh, let's bow our heads. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. I thank you so much for being such a good God to us and just giving uh, so much strength through this time. Uh, it might feel a little uncertain, Lord. Please help us. If we, if we struggle with any of these um, just sins, Lord, if we, if we struggle with these emotions, Lord, please help us through fa- thankful prayer, uh, fight them and be more like you, Lord. Lord, you're such a good God to us, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.